Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. All righty, folks, welcome into The Corner Booth podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We have a special guest. We have Thrive Fantasy coming on to join us again. So later on the pipe, me and Mark are going to break down the Super Bowl. We are talking big trade between the Knicks and Mavs, LeBron, why I can't stand him, and it's not even for reasons you think, and a bunch of other stuff. So let's just get rock and rolling. Mark, what's up first? Up uh, first is, you know, we start this, start off with the rundown, and let's just get right into it. And let's go with the Mavericks just pulled off an insane trade with the New York Knicks. It, I... I'm mind blown by it. They got a steal in my book. So what happened was, for anyone that doesn't know, um, the Knicks traded Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and the unicorn himself, Kristaps Porzingis, for Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and uh, supposedly, I'm not sure if it's the Hawks pick or either way, the first round pick. I cannot believe that they the the Mavericks got Dirk 2.0 and they have Doncic who was already like the next Dirk because he's not from this country. You know what? It, it, you're so hyped about this trade, and you said before you're like, oh, this might be my new second favorite team now. Second favorite team, I might do it. See, I always loved rooting for the Sixers because like I needed a Philly team to root for besides Philadelphia when my my Timberwolves weren't in it, but. Then you guys took Jimmy Butler away, and I just want him to, like, never make the playoffs again because he's a horrible human being. But I – um, with this, I'm just – I'm not buying it as much as you are because it almost kind of feels like Boogie going to the Pelicans a little bit, but less less volatile chemistry-wise. But I, I don't know. I said this before the program. I said, listen, the West is loaded – Let's see them make the playoffs and do some damage before we go crazy about this. Uh, you know what? Like, everyone makes that – every like, it It could be just another Iverson going to Denver situation. I don't know. Like, it just – to me, I want to see proof before I go nuts about this. Like, the speculation on a trade like this is ridiculous because they gave away DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith who's, Jr. DeAndre Jordan's overrated. Oh, yes, I know. But in the West, big men are actually somewhat valued unless you're playing Golden State. So it's not valuable. Yeah, Nobody in the make, West is beating you Golden gotta make State, it out of the so first it's not valuable to have a big guy in the State. West. 
you got to make it out of the first round to play Golden State. And you need a for a big man for every team except Golden State. And the I guess, only team that matters in the West is Golden State. I don't think they're going to be there. But whatever. We've had this bet for five months now. I, all I'm saying is that prove, they need to prove to me that this bridge going to work. I think... Well, Porzingis isn't back yet. He's still coming off the injury, so... There's one. Two... You lost some of your bench. I, I I also think that the the Mavs just did Dennis Smith Jr. dirty because I love his game. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Russ. You know how much yeah, I love. That's exactly why I already got rid of him too. Oh shut up! You're such a Russ hater. Um. Yeah, because he doesn't do anything other than win MVPs. That means shit. He finally got he finally got a number two piece who actually does something. So let's see what he does this season. But. I just I want proof. I want him to make. I want let's see the Mavs make the playoffs and do something. Because right now they're gonna be like a low seed and get bounced. I want to see proof that this is gonna work. And everyone and everyone's like, oh, Porzingis is so good. I'm like, okay, well, let's see what he does in the West. Now he's got more competition. I, I'm just you know what I I'm gonna wait and see on this. I am not like gonna go crazy like you are yet. You sound like, and I know you're a huge Carson Wentz over Foles guy, but you're making it sound like oh. Like, you don't remember what Porzingis was doing before an ACL injury. He was killing it. Absolutely, I'm not Donnie, I don't give a shit if it was the East bad. I'm saying they gave the team itself. They got better with Porzingis and Hardaway and Courtney Lee with some vet talent. Courtney Lee used to be a Timberwolf. One, I know he's trash. Two, Tim Hardaway Jr. is good, but there's a reason he sat on the bench in a shit team like New York. I am not – don't even compare this to the Carson Wentz situation. I think Christos Porzingis is a top 30 player. Here's the problem. You need depth in the West. The Mavericks don't have depth. They didn't have it when they they got they got rid of four and got three and the two of the three players are better than like the four players they got rid of. Or no, they got rid of three and got three back. They got rid of three and got three back. Make the playoffs. Get out of the first. Yeah, but you keep saying you say depth. They got rid of three people and got three players back. Yeah, I'm talking about you know what? Listen, I stick to my statement. Get out of the first round. Take on. They might not even make. They might not even do anything this season because they said Porzingis isn't even like this. Like, but you got the reason why to get rid of Dennis Smith Jr. is because he with now that you had Doncic, who's clearly proven that he's like more build around guy. I mean, he's he's got every ability to shoot. He can score. He can pass. He's got the handle. Dennis Smith Jr. He probably was like, all right, this guy like. You needed a shooter. You got Hardaway. You, they'll get guys that now vets might want to go there. I, so I think it's a great move. Well, also, I also feel like vets always wanted to go to Dallas. Dallas is like, you know, Mark Cribben's a great owner. I'm just saying, I think this, yeah, I think this might be a good next year move. I'm just saying right now, this isn't going to help them that much. Yeah, it's good. They're smart if they're going for next year because, like you said, the Warriors might not be together. I mean, we can go well, on our next so topic that I just thought of. Offseason. You know Clay's going to go to the Lakers. I was going to say, let's just get the right in the next topic. I kind of didn't even write it down, but now I think about it. Clay Thompson supposedly would leave if he doesn't get a max contract. That's pretty – I didn't think that was going to happen. He's not worth you – know, we'll this is the problem with the NBA. And I went on this rant on Tuesday for all you guys who listen to the show who caught the Tuesday show. I said this early. The NBA's got a problem. It's two-player centric. You've got guys who are glorified three-point shooters and defenders, <coughs> Clay Thompson, who <coughs> isn't even a B is is a B plus player at best, <coughs> but he plays with Steph Curry, who, as much as I bash, is a good player. Do not max Keller me on that one. I will kill you. I'm saying I would rather you did it to yourself. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing. I said I'd rather have Ross to build a team around 
But I never said I wouldn't take Steph Curry if I was offered him. Well, I'd hope you wouldn't say oh, no, no to no, Steph Curry. You, you told me tomorrow, the Timberwolves are going to trade four players, but keep Towns, Wiggins, and I guess like Josh Okogie, and they would get Steph. Oh my God, I would take Steph in a heartbeat to play. No that. shit, there's no t- there's no offer on the table exactly. that's not going to include your top players. That's what I'm like. The thing is, but if you offer me Russ, I would give up like a Wiggins. I would give up everyone except Towns. So the Wiggins, is, yeah, yeah. And Wiggins is my boy. Like Wiggins was the first glimmer of hope I had as a Timberwolves fan since Kevin Garnett was still playing for us. The only problem with Wiggins Kevin, for me is Wiggins is a very Brandon Brandon Ingram type player where they have whoa, the skill. Whoa, 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 they have the skill, whoa, but they don't have the whoa. oomph or like that playmaker ability. Breaks Tonto, stop! Do not compare Andrew Wiggins to Brandon Ingram. Why? Brandon, what have they done? What have they done different? Brandon Ingram is more concerned about getting stupid-ass tattoos than he is actually playing on a ball court. Andrew Wiggins won Rookie of the Year. Andrew Wiggins actually contributes and averages over 15 points a game. He only started sucking because that douchebag, Jimmy Butler, like literally took over his whole part of the offense. And also, Tom Thibodeau may have been the worst head coach for Wiggins. He's the worst system for a player like Wiggins. Wiggins is that... Trevor Ariza, Tracy McGrady, wing shooter that can slash type. And the thing is, that does not work in a Thibodeau system. He likes guys who are physical, who hit threes, and posts up underneath. So, to me, he's also, not only has his points per game jumped under Ryan Saunders, he's also just the morale. That t- like, I mean, they have, I think they're like 7-1 and one since Thibodeau, like 7-2 and two since Thibodeau left. I'll get correction on that later, but... You cannot even compare Wiggins to Ingram. Ingram, who was the biggest waste of a number two draft pick since, uh, God, Jaleel Okafor. Ironically, they're both Duke players. Hmm. Ingram also has not advanced his game at all since he got to the pros. At least Wiggins has has developed a three-point shot and a little perimeter defense. I'm not saying Wiggins is a superstar, but he's good enough where he merits decent return. Well, Brandon Ingram's a joke. I mean, Wiggins might be shooting his worst three points percentage of his career with 39%. That's all I'm saying. So 39% will get is you. Is not that. good. Wiggins is not. He's three not, is still better than half the league. I'm just saying is he's not playing like a like a guy that has been in the league for five years and was number one overall pick. Listen, his development took a back took backtrack under Thibodeau. Thibodeau was the dumbest hire we've had since after whoever we hired after Flip Saunders left. Can't remember the guy's name right now. He was so bad. Either way, regardless I'm of saying the, is that was a horrible comparison, but I, what I agree what the comparison talking? wasn't them as players, it was their mindset. They both don't have that takeover mentality. Well, that's why we drafted Towns. Towns has that dog mentality. You don't, yeah, but your your big guy, the Sixers have seen that like your big guy can't be the one that you rely on to take over. Well, I mean, last night we saw what happened. The dude just dropped the buzzer beater that's over. That's not a um, takeover. That's like heave it and hope. All right, you know what? Whatever. Move. You you guys got got shafted in that trade anyway. All right. What was even the topic we were talking about? The topic was Clay Thompson. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, first off, if I'm building a team, just explain to me. Clay Thompson is kind of like, let's say you're building yourself a team. He's like the luxury, like, Lamborghini you drive on the weekends. Yeah, he's great for hitting, like, a bunch of barrage of threes. And he plays wing defense, but... He's a two or three piece. The only am I wrong in saying that? Because if I'm building a team, if I'm building a team, 
I want a Giannis, LeBron. Um, a guy that's willing to have the a ball. A guy that like, can yeah. handle the ball, who is willing to take shots in the clutch and can do more than just just catch and shoot. Or a Harden, Westbrook, guys like who uh, Paul George, guys who, are, who can take the ball down the court in a clutch situation and take over a game. To me, Klay Thompson needs a good distributor to be effective. So See, that's why I think the only two teams, but the, he's still not worth max contract. So even if the Warriors don't give it to him, he was not even close. I would even give him, I give him like a number two or number three player, like a Kevin Love contract. Like yeah. he's not worth what he's giving. But the only two teams, and I don't, I hate being like a homer, but the only two teams that I could see well, is the Sixers would. Could you really I use a guy like him? I, I think that would be great. Get Don Butler because he's not staying. He's going to want to go to another Western Conference team. And yeah, then possibly, get but, but and then but and the other team would be the Lakers. Lakers, LeBron would love Clay Thompson. <laughs> oh, because yeah. you know why? LeBron attacks, dumps off to Clay. Oh my gosh! And like, even though like it is like a joke, like oh, he's really like his defense. Like the man, he's pretty pretty fucking. He's good a good here. defender. I listen. I'm not like he, Clay Thompson. Another guy. If we got offer, if if somebody, if the Warriors call the Timberwolves up tomorrow, like we'll give you a first round pick and um. Jeff Teague for Thompson. I'd say, sure, do it. We'll put Tyus Jones in at the starting point guard. I don't care. Because we'll get Thompson at shooting guard with Wiggins and Gibson and Towns. And, oh, look, and, or even we throw Rose at point guard and have him start again. That's fine by me because you know why? Thompson can break a game. He literally is one of those guys because you always have to think about him chucking up a three in from the corner at any point. He's like – it, you, it's something a defense a defense always has to have in the back of their mind. It's not like they can just, like, bear down on a team that slashes. So he's a good piece. He's just not worth the max contract. So that's why this argument is just – the fact that he's even asking for one is ridiculous. So, since the words have not come out of his mouth, do you think he would actually leave regardless of the contract? Oh, I guarantee he will leave. See, I don't know. Clay Thompson's never been one to really, like, give a shit. But that's also another reason why he's not worth a max contract. That's what I'm saying. So, like, my theory is I don't think he actually even said it. So, I would rather give Jimmy Butler a max contract than than Clay Thompson. Because at least Butler can't be the face of a franchise. He wasn't in Chicago for, like, three or four years. The thing is, the thing is with with Thompson, he's never showed he actually cares. He's never showed he actually can be – the central guy, one he's always had, he's always had Durant or um, Curry. And then the third thing is his attitude is so lax days ago. I would never want him to be the face of my franchise. And the only way I'm giving you him that <coughs> Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, he's an Andrew Wiggins. He is in that realm. He's the higher end of the realm, while a guy like Wiggins is the lower end. But you give him a good contract, but you give him a max one because he's a piece. He's not the central piece, but he's a good piece to build, have on the edge. So – like, the, like, if you talking about your Sixers, the first thing I would the, – their central piece is Joel Embiid. Then their next piece is Ben Simmons. And then you add a Butler or who says you get Clay Thompson. And then you add a J.J. Redick. They're pieces you build around the centralized guy. Same thing in Minnesota. It's Towns. Then you put a Taj Gibson, a Wiggins, a Josh Okogie. You put a um, Robert Covington, Dario Sarge. You, you put these guys around the central piece. That's how a franchise is built. Same thing in the Lakers with LeBron. The thing is, 
Thompson's just not – I would never – if I was an NBA GM, he says, I want a max contract. If I have Steve Kerr, I'm sitting there crying. I'm like, are you serious? You're hmm. the third most predictive guy or sometimes the fourth. Why the hell would I throw a max contract? I don't even think – I don't think Kerr's the GM, is he? Kerr? Uh, I know he was, like, in, involved with it, but I, haven't, I don't know if it's been taken over or given the – I don't know exactly. But – Either way, we can move on. We understand that we're not going to go with Clay getting that kind of money. Um, we'll go to sticking with basketball, and this is a crazy time of year because the trade deadline is coming up on the 7th of February. So early this year. Yeah. Anthony Davis, we talked about it on the last episode, how he demanded a trade, and obviously the, the destination that everyone predicts and some people actually prefer is that he goes to the Lakers. Supposedly, the Pelicans have came out today and said that they are not taking calls from the Lakers. People are pissed. People don't understand. Totally, there was already um, an offer put out on the table, whatever. It's just crazy. Who would you give up if you're the Lakers for AD? Well, the thing is with me, I don't want him to go to the Lakers. You know what I mean? I love anarchy. The one sport I root for complete anarchy is the what is NBA. I hate Super teams. I hate consistency in the finals and the playoffs. I root for things being burned to the ground and blowing up and starting over. So to me, if I'm the Lakers, if okay, so let's play hypothetical devil's advocate to what I just said. If I'm the Lakers, I give up Kuzma, I give up Ball, and I give up Brandon Ingram. I sell Lonzo Ball on being a good distributor and a good piece going down the line. I say f you, Lonzo Ball. If you even think I'm going to trade you. I don't give a shit what your what your trade demands are. Two to Brandon Ingram, thank God we're getting you out of our – you're a worse Andrew Wiggins. We're just going to get you out of our freaking – out of our franchise because at least Wiggins can hit shots. You're useless. And then we throw in a guy like Kyle Kuzma who actually has a good pro, – who, ha, who has a, the chance of being a solid number three on a really good team, a number two on an okay team. So to me – I would throw that plus maybe a draft pick and say, give us AD for a rental. And that's what I would do. But since we're living in reality and what you just said, they're not feeling calls from the the Lakers. I want to see where it goes. Now, I don't know how legitimate it is. I've seen reports. I've even heard Milwaukee, which I mentioned randomly. And now apparently they want, they want Davis. Yeah. Imagine Giannis and Anthony Davis on the same team. Just the length in that backcourt makes me excited, man. I like, mean, you on. just said the whole Cousins thing, though. It didn't work. Well, I mean, like, but that's going to New Orleans, which had no pieces around it. As long as the, the, the Bucks don't ship off half their bench to – and they just try to, like, bet it on draft picks. The thing is with Anthony Davis, he never strikes me as a guy who's Hollywood. The dude marketed his goddamn unibrow. He seems more like Nebraska than Hollywood to me. So the thing is, to me, I look at it like – what would he fit well with? A distribu- a good distributing point guard and maybe one other piece scoring. That's what fits him. And, I mean, that, that kind of fits the bill with with Milwaukee. I think that kind of fits what his system would be. You get rid of maybe you sound like Greg Monroe and a couple other players, and, oh, look, you're rocking solid with a really good team in the East, which is a cakewalk besides maybe Toronto. Maybe Toronto makes a run for him to have him and Kawhi on both one-year that'd rentals. Be pretty, that'd cool. be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. I'd love to see him in Toronto. Um, the fact that he doesn't want to go to Boston cracks me up. 
because as we all know, I, as you all, you loyal listeners know, I despise Boston sports because fans are horrible. Um, Dave Port and I proved that in the at Super Bowl media day. Um, and listen, the thing is, I love Barstool, but I just can't stand Portland because he symbolizes every Boston fan I despise. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I this whole this whole story is kind of a weird thing because we want to see where it goes. The trade the, the trade deadline is the seventh, you said, right? So that's next Friday. Yep. So it's eight days from now, like from when we're recording. I'm excited. We're gonna film two more episodes before this goes. Hopefully by then we see what happens. I feel like this is gonna be a last hour. Or he's just gonna go in free agency. I feel like the Pelicans, though, they're not a franchise that's gonna hang on to a guy if they can get. Well, that would be a waste of time. Oh yeah, because literally, because he's not coming back. Well, they at least should get the hard start rebuilding. I'm just hoping they can get a deal for him. Yeah, I mean they're gonna get rid of him regardless of what it is. They're not because he said he's not signing, so they will get rid of him. It just matter. You, I mean, the Bucks thing could work out, but there's no way they're just gonna give him. They're gonna have to give him them some young talent, and they don't really have the pieces to give. And even I know if you give draft picks. It's tough. I um, just, you know the thing is with me, I'm kind of really just kind of sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. Yeah. I'm waiting for like a Memphis. I mean, Memphis is about to deal Conley too. They're not of, gonna get. I was say, oh, Memphis is gonna. They're trying to get rid of Conley and Gasol. I mean, listen, um, uh, Glenn Taylor, Ryan Saunders, uh, please, for the love of God, get on the phone with Memphis. Get us Mike Conley. Trade Teague in the draft pick. I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, but that like, contract what sucks with Conley though. I yeah. Well, they paid they paid Conley more than Steph Curry at that point, which was yeah. the stupidest thing to me. He had the but, biggest contract like in the NBA at the time. I know. I mean, if if like they can work out, if if the, see if the Grizzlies are smart, they would agree to take on like even like fifteen to twenty percent of that salary, but they would get draft picks and shit in return, just at least for the year. Because if Conley's a free agent after the year, he's not gonna get that money. But to well, he's not. Him, that's the problem. He has a couple of years. It's like a three-year, thirty million still left. I think. I know. This is the problem. Like they're not gonna get a good market for him. They would essentially be like, we're gonna take on this guy who literally. I feel like whatever team he's going to go to, they're going to ask him to restructure. And in the NBA, unfortunately, it's not the NFL. The NFL or a player will restructure like no problem. The NBA, everyone's so money centric, is not going to work. Yeah. So I don't know. The the Conley Gasol Gasol will be easy to move. Gasol will move instantly because he's a good player. His contract's not too absorb is not too exorbitant. He'll actually get somewhere pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Well. We'll just continue the basketball talk, and it involves the Lakers and one of the pieces you just mentioned, and that's Lonzo Ball. And he's uh, reports have came out that he said if he had to go to the East, he'd prefer to play with the Bulls and the Knicks. This whole thing came out, I'm assuming, before he found out that Dennis Smith Jr. was going to the Knicks because I don't see him wanting to go there because supposedly he wants to be the guy at point, which I completely understand. Um, and I don't know why he's going to want to go to the Bulls, though, either because they have um, – Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn, exactly. So really confused by those two. Either way, I think uh, Lonzo Ball in L.A. as time is about to run out. And can I can I say something about Lonzo Ball? Sure. Who gives a shit? Your dad is irrelevant. Your brothers all suck at basketball. You're terrible. You, you know what's the worst part is? I would still rather have Markel Fultz and he hasn't played a game in like two months. The thing is, to me, Lonzo Ball is just like I had to. As you all know, I'm a very, I'm a very big listener to Colin Cowherd, and for a year I had to hear about how Lonzo Ball is going to change the game. He's the next Magic Johnson or a poor man's Magic Johnson from Colin Cowherd. 
And for the love of God, it made me so happy. And I, I hate wishing bad on people. But after hearing his dad just run his mouth and the, they're having their own $500 shoes that are garbage. That literally, No, I'm not even kidding. Like, I've actually heard like reports, people who bought them, that they're the worst basketball shoe ever made. It's like, like a Kmart shoe that is valued at $500. And what cracks me up the most is that this guy is just bad. He's just terrible. He's not, I'm fact, not off. I'm not off the Lonzo train yet. I think I, you know what the best player in that class was. Dennett was uh Donovan was Donovan Mitchell, Spider Man. I love it. Well, Darren Fox is up there, and John Collins. The fact Fox that Darren Fox dominated him was great, and the fact that he chickened out and didn't play against the Kings when Darren Fox came to town was the best. And John Collins out of that uh, went to Atlanta. He's doing. Well, he's John tearing up too. here. Listen, that draft was so loaded, just the first two picks sucked. Yeah, I mean the NBA the NBA just has a problem with scouting. They like shoot like fifty percent every year at first for well, yeah, it's not it's very hard to because like Lonzo I remember watching Lonzo UCLA and he was fun to watch. Like explosive, crazy passes, he dunked. I haven't seen him dunk in the NBA. Like like he used to be catching alley oops. So I don't know. Because it's got it the was NBA. college. It's like it's like a not, college. It's like college football. Same thing. Like the speed is like lowered and everything's a little easier. And because like you're only playing against one or two guys who might go to the league. Maybe if Lonzo not had better form and could shoot the ball. We would he would be just just fine. But I mean that's the he same. He would be a good B minus player. I admit that. But yeah, right? I mean, he's only been in the year for. This little bit of time. I, I'm so I'm not all out on like Lonzo's irrelevant to me. Like prove some value, and then maybe I'll actually consider you a relevant part of the NBA. Because right now the most relevant ball member is isn't Lonzo's girlfriend like pregnant or some bullshit? Like I think she's the most relevant member of that of that family to me at this point. I have no idea about that story, but she. Um, I, I remember, like I saw a picture of her. She was like absolutely gorgeous. So I watched their pot their Facebook show for like two weeks, and it was just bad. I Either mean, way, the boss is a total sweetheart if it makes any consolation. <laughs> she has to be. Somebody's I mean, got a nice bar for like the last twenty years. So exactly. All right, so switching gears, we'll do a little baseball talk. Uh, Wade Miley from your, or he was an old Astro. I mean, old Diamondback. He, I just kind of spoiled it, but he just got signed with the Astros. So I'm assuming the whole. I mean, Keuchel's gone. I don't know exactly if he's gone anywhere yet, but Wade Miley going there. I mean, Astros Wade are always going to be good, man. Run of the mill, like innings eater. Doesn't throw too hard. He's got a good curveball. I mean, he made the All Star game of the Diamondback when I was younger, and honestly, he's just a good. He's a good average pitcher. I think it's a good. It gives some depth to that rotation, which is great. He's a good number three, number two guy. So honestly, I love it. Good for that's, the our, that's our baseball talk. There you go. And we'll move it to football. Update: Machado yeah. and Harper still haven't signed. Oh, another update. Bryce Harper is supposedly meeting with the Padres in L.A. <laughs> or, I mean, in Vegas. You know what's so funny about this is the Padres could so pull this off because their payroll is ridiculous for how little they are, how little talent they have. Yeah, I just don't. I, if I I'm mean, Harper, shit. though, they must Did be. My Diamondbacks just reach out to at this point. Like, what the fuck? Like, who cares at this point, right? Like, I just don't know why he isn't. Like, there's been like. Like eight different times when the, I've been told that he's going to the Phillies and he just doesn't. I don't see the news. But are they from Philadelphia sources though? No, they're all over. Crazy. Yeah, I. I but, you know what's yeah. so 
So if he goes to the Padres, then have fun with your terrible career with a lot of money. I don't care if the Padres have good talent, young talent. They have Hosmer. They have whoever. Padres will never be good. Yeah, because the problem is they're the fourth best team in that con- They're the fourth best team in that division. Yeah. Maybe fifth. And the thing is, like, even when they're – like, you know what the worst part about that is? If he goes to – let's say he goes to the Padres, they're still not even as good as Arizona because their team is garbage after Hosmer. They have a, they have some young talent, but that's the one. It's like you're waiting you know, wait three years. Like I think he's doing this to see if any other teams have come out of the woodwork. I just he don't. Could, he must not like Philly that much if he hasn't signed. Well, yet. I mean, Philly is a very um, how I put it this way. It's an acquired taste. You and me love it. I don't feel like some other guys like it. Yeah. So to me, I feel like if like if the Angels didn't lock up Mike Trout until the end of eternity, he would sign with the Philadelphia Phillies in a heartbeat. But Two like. Years, man. Maybe two years. years open. Yeah, I know. So you know what? <clears throat> I um, I just think it's hilarious. But all right, what's next up? We'll the doc- switch back. We'll switch uh, topics, and we're gonna get back on track with what this podcast is mainly all about, and that's football. And college football is still relevant because somehow there's sanctions. There's the draft. So we'll start off with the top uh, uh, prospect. John, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, D-tackle out of Mississippi State. Top 10 pick, maybe. Top 15, 20. Not invited to the combine. Big deal in the draft world because of previous violent uh, actions or he's known for his violence. Like, oh, what the hell? I, I need to look into this more because what the hell violent thing could you do when you play a violent sport? It's a violent sport. sport. Like, I'm yeah. trying to understand, like, what is he, like, hit opposing players? Like, <clears throat> I don't know. The NFL to me has just <clears throat> not come out, and I'm actually going to release another uh, <clears throat> part two of my uh, my series of just uh, media media uh, headlines that need to go away. My first one for the Carson Wentz one this week. It's going to be uh, talking about how the Saints need to just get over themselves and move on. But it's just the NFL just being the NFL. Like and nothing makes sense. The fact that this guy has violent tendencies. The, this is the most violent sport on the planet besides UFC or boxing. What do you mean violent tendencies? Like, what, is he getting in fights? You just keep him away from guys that would tick him off. It's not that hard. Like, just put treat him like a problem child and, like, put – like just well, Or just let him go, and if he does something mm-hmm. stupid, then teams know not to draft him. Exactly. He's only going to hurt his own draft stock. Like, this way you're, like, you're prohibiting – it could be, like, a Leal Collins kind of thing now where, like, he gets picked up – he gets undrafted and, like, some team picks him up. And he becomes a pro bowler. Like, I, I, I'm, like, waiting for, like, some team to be like, um, this guy is nasty. We'll still draft him even though the NFL just did him dirty. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I find this story is just stupid. Yeah. Speaking of stupid stories, because uh, <laughs> Kelly Bryant just loves to be involved in the uh, sports news, the Missouri Tigers have been handed a three-year probation from the playoff and any – Extra games played. No. So wait, I thought it was only a one-year suspension and a three from bowls, but they can't play. There's a three-year probation. I'm assuming for the playoff, but one year for bowls. I think what you meant to say was it's a probation, isn't like they can't get in trouble again or they're removed from the playoff. Uh, you this, might be right, but all I know is that Kelly Bryant is not going to be able, regardless of how well or how poorly. Mizzou plays this year. They are not allowed to play in anything. Does he have any two to eligibility left? He's only one. 
I want to say this is his last season because that's why they let him transfer after the fourth before the fourth game because they know he didn't have another year to transfer. Yeah, so I don't know. I I mean this this is just ridiculous. The NCAA, I said this before, is just a joke. I mean, it's for academic reasons, so that's Mizzou needs to figure it out. Yeah, I know that too, but like, I mean, like we hear about this, but like then you go look at stories of them, like you know, not like firing coaches due to like player abuse. I I, I've seen a lot. I've been doing a lot like research because you know, been having a lot of days off from work lately, so. You know, I just, I, 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 this whole story is just like is run of the mill crap for me at this point. I'm just kind of laughing. Like it's like, oh great, another college gets busted for academic probation. Woohoo! I'm just surprised that Kelly Bryant's staying. They, he would get immediate release if he wanted to. I guess he really just thinks he's got something potentially good to showcase his draft. I mean, they made Drew Luck, Drew Locke look like a uh, a first round pick. So I mean, they must be able to do something for uh, Kelly Bryant. I don't know. Kelly Bryant's got a lot of good potential. He just needs some like. Fine tuning and buffing. So let's see what yeah. happens. Yeah, and that's it. That wraps up the rundown. All righty. So now we're going to go and bring in our friends over at Thrive. We are welcoming in Scott from Thrive Fantasy. Scott, welcome in. What's up, guys? How are we doing tonight? We are doing great, man. So listen, we got the Super Bowl coming up. And for those of uh, the listeners of the corner booth who actually were not around for when Adam came on before from Thrive, Scott, what's a little give us a little 30 second summary of like what Thrive is so the people at home know and can download the app right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, so Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. So your, you know, player props bets that you'll see coming up here for the Super Bowl. That's what we're all about. All our contests um, are prop bet focused. We give you 20 props to choose from. You build your lineup with 10 of those. Um, everybody else will also pick 10. Um, it's not your traditional salary cap format that you'll see on these other sites. It's a new and exciting way that anybody can really pick up and play, and you can make a lineup in just minutes. Um, so the coming up here, yeah, for the Super Bowl, you know, we have – two great teams here so there's a lot of great props on the app so we'll have uh you'll see 20 in every contest in our uh, lineups here and we've got a huge contest for us um it's 10k guaranteed uh, 50 dollar entry and that pays out uh 2000 to to first uh it, it's real exciting um it's definitely something you know it's going to have a lot of value it's guaranteed to run right now we don't have uh too many people in it so Definitely worth checking out. Um, you can download our app on both uh, app stores, and we also have a website, thrivefancy.com. But, yeah, so uh, we're ready to go for Super Bowl here. Yeah, I saw one of your guys. Uh, most of them, you said there's there are decent amount of openings, which is better chance to win. But, yeah, the one contest is full. The one thing we were talking about kind of before we started this recording is, because I was wondering, I was like, you only have two teams, so, like, how many players do you have to choose from? And you were mentioning that, this offers multiple, like you can have Tom Brady for three different bets, correct? Yeah. So what we've seen on some of the other sites, you know, when they have a, a one game slate, they have tried to, you know, create different contest styles to, to tailor to that. And usually with those, if you don't have the one guy that goes absolutely insane, then you're pretty much out of luck for that whole night. Yeah. But yeah, so 
to fill out the the 20 props in the lineup we'll really just you know focus on the bigger names and we'll put two or three props in usually it's easy for the quarterback so like tom brady we have a passing yards prop completions prop and passing touchdowns sony michelle will have two in there edelman has two and then on the Rams side, Goff has three, Gurley has two, um, and so on. And we'll we'll even throw some kickers in there for fun. Um, that, that's always an interesting one. But yeah, so really, even with the one-game slate, we find that our contest can still be a lot of fun. In you know, in this case with with the prop bets, you're looking at over and under. So it's not necessarily you need the perfect lineup, um, and everybody has to be, have the best game of their life. You could be rooting for guys to to do poorly. Um, Looking at Tom Brady's touchdown prop, it's one and a half passing touchdowns. So the under in this case is worth 125 points. So that means it's very unlikely that this is going to happen. The over is worth 75 points for your lineup. Um, So that could be a big value prop for someone to to root for the under and hope that uh, in some (laughs) crazy world, Tom Brady doesn't have two or more passing touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That would be pretty wild, though. I mean, that's where the excitement, I feel like, comes in with this type of, like, betting is because you're, you're really risking it all by putting, like, because if you pick the over of 75, like, you're not really getting much out of it because there's definitely, obviously, like, if you put if you take the under 125 points, that hits your hype because that's going to obviously help you get win in the end. Do you guys ever think about, like, obviously now, but it's not probably going to happen, but, like, somehow getting, like, props as in, like, Remember the Super Bowl with the Broncos years ago when there was a safety to start the game and like the, those kind of like coin flips, the over under for the national anthem, like stuff like that. Yes, yeah, stuff like th- those kind of props, um, those would kind of I think toy the line too much in terms of sports betting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on the the daily fantasy side, obviously, and those are more uh, up to just you know random chance rather than. Uh, a skill in a this skill. case where yeah. you know you're you're projecting out these guys stats and everything and building your lineup accordingly um but yeah we don't have the the traditional you know when some people think of you know super bowl props yeah. you, we don't we don't have the the gatorade colors and the the coin flips <laughs> <laughs> that's actually you know it's so funny like going forward you know it's gonna be we talked about on the show before like before uh we picked our games and of course you know everything else but Going forward, Scott, you know, you're, of course, a football fan. You know, you're looking for the Super Bowl. As a, like, as a fan looking at this from a just a casual point of view, like, what are you most excited for? Aside from, like, the whole betting and your app and everything else, what are you looking forward to the most in this game going forward? Oh, I mean, in this game, really, this is, you know, this New England team has been dominant for years and years to come. It's kind of like watching LeBron in the NBA, uh, especially those years in Cleveland. You just never knew how he was going to make it to the finals, but there he was every year. And Tom yeah, he Brady's, just had that feeling that he was going to end up being there. Tom Brady's just making him his path the same way. I mean, they lost to the Titans, um, you know, one of the earlier weeks in the year, and everybody did their classic, New England's done, it's over. Um, we saw it the year before when they played the Chiefs and lost at home on opening day. Um but, I mean, this New England team, uh, as much as I despise them as a Jets fan, um, and I can't wait for, for Tom Brady to hang it up here, uh, it's going to be pretty impressive to watch them go against this Rams team who's, you know, really, really young 
Um, these are a lot of guys that are in their first Super Bowl here going up against a team that's, you know, back again one 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 year after another. Yeah, I feel like, too, this would put that huge, like, you know how everyone now, it's like, I need that young offensive mind. Go get me the Shanahan, the Cliff Kingsbury, just because McVay's done. If he loses to the old-time Bill Belichick, which, I mean, it's, it's likely because Bill Belichick's, like, what he's done is insane. But I wonder if that would calm down the whole argument of these young, high-offensive-power teams when they still can't beat Belichick and what he's done with his Belichickian way. Well, yeah, that's definitely definitely interesting because, um, yeah, that, there has been – yeah, you've seen, you know, Kingsbury, he left a, a Texas Tech team where he wasn't too uh, – too successful. He got, he got fired. Then, yeah, <laughs> and then and then got a job with USC, and then quickly left that to to come to the NFL. Um, it's wild. I mean, yeah, I think it will calm down. You know what's so funny going forward? I I mean, we'll me and Mark will break this down more later when we talk about in our in our last call. But I, I I find it interesting here. You know, everyone talks about like the Patriots. I made this point multiple times and. Scott, me and Mark are pretty two more preliminary football writers here, belly up. But like we talk about, like I, I made this point a bunch of times. As an Eagles fan, I learned very quickly that the only way to beat Brady is if you put Brady on his back. And I, I I'll probably make this point later. But one thing that always stood out to me at the Rams, and I, I'm of course the biggest Saints fan hater of them all. So this whole <laughs> little Saints complaining thing is literally music to my ears. But I look at this team, the Rams, and I, I, I almost kind of look at it like you have two of the top – you have two probably top 25 all-time defensive tackles lining up against Brady. I almost want to see if that makes a difference because the Chiefs didn't have any interior rush. Neither did the Chargers. And the the Patriots took care of business, the Chiefs. The only reason the Chargers lost is because D4 went off sides. That yeah. team had them beat. It would like people are acting like the Patriots are the favorites here, and I, I'm almost wondering how that affects bets because I guess it's so weird to me because like I, I think who's I think the Vegas favorite Patriots are definitely the favorite in Vegas, but I don't even yeah, I think it's like minus two. And it's a half. like minus okay. two. It's like close, but people keep forgetting the Chiefs had them. Yep. If D four doesn't go off sides. So I, I mean I almost see you as like a guy who is in the whole is in the sports betting world in the daily fantasy world, looking at this like almost if you're if you were gonna like put like if you were gonna pick this game, you almost gotta think at this point like the like it's not as much of a slam dunk pick as it people the media is making it out to be. Yeah, that that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, as you've seen, I, I don't really know the exact numbers, but. I'm not sure Brady's even been sacked this postseason yet. Um, it's I think it's it's it, no he got sacked twice against Kansas City. He wasn't touched against uh, San Diego. I mean LA. Sorry. Wow. Um, yeah. That man just knows when to get rid of that ball within like two seconds. That's the thing. He's got a better release timing than Nick Foles, and it it it, it blows my mind. And <clears throat> I guess Scott, to more your point, you don't like it's then he just doesn't he isn't gonna hit that much. But I mean. <clears throat> I, I mean, to you, I mean, I'm, of course, like, I, I respect the Patriots as much as the dynasty as they are. But, I mean, to you as a Jets fan, you you have guys to play them twice a year. I mean, looking forward, what do you think I, – I mean, you all, of course, have heard my opinion now, but what do you think going forward with uh, Aaron Donald, Dominic and Sue chasing after uh, Brady? How do you think that's going to work out? Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, 
those are two of the Darren Donald's one of the, the best defensive players that we've seen, um, you know, in the past five or 10 years, especially on the defensive line. Um, and, you know, this Rams defense was put together for this one purpose. They, yep. they went crazy this offseason. Um, I think it's really going to come down to, you know, if their corners can play half as good as they should and, you know, hold their own on the outside and just give these guys on the, the DNs, you know, just a, a second or two extra to, to get after Brady, he'll fold up there a couple times. But, you know, you got to give it to this Patriots offensive line. You know, you can't really even, you know, name any of the guys on there. They lost Nate Solder. People thought, you know, that was a huge loss. But they just have these guys that step up there and just can, you know, fill in so nicely. I was going to say the only name that I could think of the Patriots line is Nate Solder, and he's not even on the team anymore. But yeah. Yeah, so we'll just kind of uh, roll back in before we finish up here to Thrive and uh, the app and whatnot. And we just mentioned in the defensive line, I'm, I'm kind of like, I feel like you could almost mix in even like defensive players and like plus or minus sacks in there, you know? Yeah, that that is something, you know, we, we've thought about. Um, that could I feel like it's cool. definitely a hard line to definitely, because it's not like, I mean, there's more like, I think it's the likeliness is what you guys are basing off of. So like, obviously there's more likeliness of, Brady throwing two TD passes compared to two sacks from Aaron Donald. So I get that, but I mean, I'm just like throwing spitballing out here, but yeah, I think the app, obviously it's great app. It's definitely what the world it's, it's simple after you like get the understand the concept of that, what you're really trying to like strive for with the over and under. And like, if you, the easier call obviously is going to have less points, but yeah, I mean, I think people should definitely be uh, looking to download thrive and, Download a Super Bowl, perfect time to win some money. Anything else you got to say for Thrive, Scott? Yeah, I'm, like I mentioned earlier, we got a big $10,000 guaranteed contest um, that right now, as I look at it, you know, we have 26 entries out of 220. Um, 60 spots get paid out. Um, that's over. It's going to be over your entry fee. It's a $50 entry. Um, we'll match everybody's first deposit up to $10 instantly. No slow release or anything. Um, so you could pretty much get into this for, for 40 bucks. Um, and you have a chance at the, the payouts, uh, $2,000 to first, a thousand to second, uh, third and fourth, 500, and then so on going down. Um, worst case you're, you're taking home 60 bucks in the, the 68th slot. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of great props. Um, you're not going to see the, the sharks and these guys, um, that are, you know, putting in crazy max entries. Nobody has crazy algorithms or anything against this. Um, we see new winners all the time. So I definitely encourage everybody, um, if this is going to be your first time to, to try it, this is definitely going to be worth your while. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of great um, value on the table. And, you know, we, we appreciate all the feedback that we get from you guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great props. And uh, I think everybody should definitely uh, check us out. All right, that's great, man. Hey, listen, Scott, thank you for coming on today. And, guys, by the way, make sure to check out Thrive. It's on the Google Play Store, iTunes, everything else. Check it out. Scott, thank you for coming on today, brother. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. No problem, man. Thank you. All right, we want to thank Thrive for coming on today. It was great uh, talking to them. Of course, you know, Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. So now, ladies and gentlemen, for our last call this week, we are, me and Mark are going to break down the Super Bowl. Now, me and Mark are both, of course, Eagles fans. That goes without saying. And Mark Barron still 
broke our hearts last year when he took out Carson Wentz's knee, and we will never forgive him for that. But I'm excited for this game, and the more you know, it's so funny. On so, I think I was, I think it was either last what was it, last week's episode or this week's episode on Tuesday. I said I was I didn't know how excited I was yet. I'm starting to get more pumped up for it as I as I get closer. I don't know how you're feeling right now. I'm excited. I know I'm going to the same bar with the same $25, all you can eat, all you can drink. And what? Same, same prime food. rib. Same prime rib. It's amazing. It's my bu- my buddy's dad's bar. Shout out Jack's Tavern, Media PA. But it's oh, I'm excited. I have to look up this thing right now. That's it's it's invite only, so sorry. Oh wow. No, seriously, like they don't want any asshole like randoms to come in there and are drunk. That actually sounds like a great business practice. So you know, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. But either way, I'm excited. Um, I hate myself for saying this, and I've said it before. Me and my buddies, we talk all the time about this. I almost just want the Patriots to win and tell, so the whole world can just shut up about how. Like I'm just so tired of everyone double crossing or thinking about the Patriots and making all the excuses how they cheat like no they're the Patriots they're gonna do what they're gonna do there's no way they lose again two years in a row they're gonna win the Super Bowl and I kind of want to see them prove it I am see I'm the opposite and it to me like I love it I you know I me mean, I just root for chaos sometimes and I sent that uh, I sent Mark a meme the other a couple weeks ago just talking it was just you know it's just, it's like these nfl fans having a great conversation here comes patriots fans screaming the same bs like brady's five rings brady's the goat mark Wahlberg, uh the spy gate was a joke Goodell's a joke and it's like essentially it was a dave portnoy meme and to me i i look listen i would love to see like just the patriots just like blow it and that's just to me. I, 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 it's not, and I, I've explained this a thousand times. I have all the respect in the world for Brady. If you slap a Mac Kellerman meme on this, I swear to God. But I am sick of seeing them in the Super Bowl. I am sick of Patriots fans. And that's the only reason I hate the Patriots. That is the only reason. We're even now. We got our Super Bowl back from 2004. We're square. The thing is. I hate the Patriots only now because of their fans. I could give a shit about Brady. I respect the hell of him. He is the GOAT. Robert Kraft is a great owner. Bill Belichick is a genius. And yeah, they make white receivers look good. I don't know. I can't explain it. And Gronk is a top maybe 25 tight end all time. Maybe he puts up another solid year. He doesn't retire. Then maybe he'll get something in the top 10. I don't know. But to me... The only reason I can't stand the Patriots is because they're god-awful, degenerate fan base. And it's not even about 100% of them. It's about only 75%. Trust me, I have friends and family who are not horrible Patriots fans. They just want to see them win. It's the ones who don't shut the hell up. Who are like, oh, the only reason we lost because our defense sucked. No, you lost the game. Just shut up, take the excuse, and leave. Like, it, it's, it's, the, it's that reason of that fan base I'm rooting for the Rams. And... Also, because they got our my boy, our boys, Eagles fans, John Johnson the third. They also, and you know, also, I'm just sick and tired of the Saints complaining. I just want to see the Ram. I want to see complete utter chaos and see the Rams win, just so the Saints fans' heads explode. Like, come on, just think about that first. I know you already convinced me. I'm not rooting for the Patriots. I don't. <laughs> I said it, and everything you started talking about with the fans and how I could just picture. I mean, Dave's Portnoy's going to do it just a troll, which I think when he does it, it's actually funny. But he's also delusional sometimes. 
because he convinces himself some certain things. But you yeah, know, I don't feel like having just makes me like realize that anybody can do it. And you know what the worst part is? Like, I actually apply for bar jobs at, bar, jobs at Barstool, so I hope the guy he never hears this. But, I, I mean, like, listen, I respect the dude's acumen as a businessman. I just hate him as a fan, man. He's, I just, like, you it's gotta, nice. You just gotta remember he's also a troll. So, like, yeah, some of the things he says isn't actually that's, He gets me as an Eagles fan triggered because I'm tired of hearing about it. But the thing is... Like, he's Nick Foles' number one fan just because he knows it would piss the Eagles fans off. Exactly. So, like, and so is our boy Peter Mitchell over here at Belly Up. So, I mean, like... He's one of those guys who literally out will join an Xbox party. Five minutes later, Peter's like, uh, Peter will be like, oh, Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz. My cousin actually in a party said that. And our boy, fan of the show, he will be coming on in a couple weeks, Kevin Langley, one of the college football writers here, just shut him down because I actually had to talk about And I'll, I'll bring this up in a little bit because it was just hilarious. But going back to – I'm going because I don't want to go on another tangent. But – um. I just, you know, for me, I have to, I have to root for the Rams, because as a team, a guy who lives around, you live in Philadelphia, so you will never understand what it's like to be surrounded by Patriots fans. I have dated Patriots fans. It's awful. Like even if you beat them, you have to be like nice to them for a month before you can start talking shit again. To and because they, they they need sympathy, and to me, it cracks me up. And we haven't even talked about the fucking game yet. It, this is just how much the fans annoy me. So, like, I'm going to end it here. I'm rooting for the Rams. I love Todd Gurley. I've loved him since, co- since college. John Johnson III is probably one of my favorite players, not the Eagles. And, I mean, me and Jared Goff share the same first name. So go Rams. All right, I'm rooting for the Rams as well. There's no way when I look at that TV that I'm going to be pulling for the Patriots, even though I think everyone's kind of, all the Patriot haters are pissing me off until the Patriots fans start talking. I would rather and I'll hate them again. Be a Patriots hater for an hour than a Patriots fan for an hour. Just remember. I that. that that's a very fair point, but I am rooting for the Rams. But I could see like a 38. I could 28 see like just like Rams like lose. Bay. McVeigh blowing a call at the end or something like just completely because he's young he's 31 he's 30 actually 32 sorry now officially but the, uh, here's how I look at the game and I had to explain this to a guy at the gym the other day as you guys know I am a socialite at my gym that I spend probably about 24 hours total a week there um minimum and the thing is to me I said to the guy I'm like listen he's like oh the Patriots got this in the bag I'm like are you sure he goes yeah well, I'm like here is I'm gonna to explain to you how the Philadelphia Eagles beat the beat the Patriots last year. And the Patriots did not improve that much except they got Edelman back, which does make the pass catching game better. They beat the Patriots because when it mattered most, they got to Brady. They did not try they, they did not try to outplay Brady. They played the Eagles played their game. I said this last time, the Giants played their game. The way to beat the Patriots you play your game is the Rams come out. They use their two-headed running attack, which has been a blessing to them in the playoffs, with Gurley and Anderson. They just pound the ball. And then, oh, look, the Patriots' very mediocre secondary besides um, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Oh, look, there's Brandon Cooks running a crossing route. He's wide open. And Cooks gassed him for 20. Hand off to Gurley. It's it's not rocket science. The, the Rams have better athletes than the Patriots. If they actually utilize that to their advantage, and Sean McVay... Thank Jesus is in the same like mindset as like a Peterson or a Tom Coughlin 
where he's smart enough to realize you don't outthink Belichick, you out-athletic Belichick, you outplay your game to Belichick. You cannot outthink the smartest man in football. It's not possible. The way you beat the Patriots is you beat them with your game. Because they all they want to do is take away your best weapon. Okay, so they take away Todd Gurley for a half. Oh, look, we hand it off to C.J. Anderson. Or we throw like to our two talented receivers in Woods and Cooks. And we utilize the fact that Jared Goff, if he can stay upright, can just chuck darts all day. I will admit, Jared Goff has ridiculous accuracy. And he throws a good deep ball. That can beat the Patriots. We've seen it before. The matter of the fact is, it's just a matter of the Rams not beating themselves. Because they have a good... I haven't talked defense yet. On defense. They have a good... What, are the, what is the one thing the Rams have that the Chiefs didn't have, that the Chargers didn't have? Mark, I'm going to let you take a guess here. The defense? No. On the defense. The line? Right? Yeah. Interior defensive line. You have... Did you see... I mean, you saw the picture in the NY Post. I saw in the Republican American, which is the paper up by me, and it literally said, pray for Tom and Giselle. It was a picture of shirtless Aaron Donald who looks like Thanos. The dude is a monster. Him and Dominican Sue coming up the middle, just attacking that front four. And the thing is, the one thing that worries me about the Rams is their depth. But if they can hit Brady and get him moving, because Brady's not a mobile quarterback. He's not a Rodgers or a Wentz or a Watson. He can't get outside to his right or his left and start chucking darts on the run. It's not really his game. If you can get Brady flushed and collapse the pocket from inside and then make guys like Dante Fowler look like heroes when they're coming off the edge strip sacking, you will get to Brady and make this an even playing field. The Giants did it with their NASCAR package. It is possible to do this. The Rams are not going to get their ass kicked like every Patriots fan on the planet is saying. Remember, they said this about us when we, sh- when we shut up last year. And the thing is, yeah, uh, Roby Coleman said this stuff about Brady. He never said they were going to kick the Patriots' ass. He just said age is taking a toll. I am telling you right now, I would rather take on this Tom Brady than Tom Brady 2007. Dead ass. Yes, that's a very fair... That, that's literally me defending a guy who literally just gave the Patriots bullets and bourbons here are the most idiots, the most idiot fans. To me, I look at it this way, and this is what I'm saying. The Rams have a better shot. See, our Eagles, I didn't think had a shot last I had they had a fool's hope shot last year to quote Lord of the Rings, which I do all the time. They had a fool's hope shot, and it happened. The Rams have a realistic shot because that team has less injuries and is more complete. I can see them doing this. I can see McVeigh outplaying his game to Belichick. So the Rams have enough weapons where Belichick does his takeaway one weapon thing. Their offense isn't screwed. The Bel- Belichick took away Melvin Gordon. Oh, God. Look, the game's over. The Chargers couldn't do j- garbage. You take away Tyreek Hill. Oh, look. And Travis Kelsey because he just both of them decided not to show up. Sammy Watkins. But t- Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes almost beat them. So to me, the Rams can pull this off. I'm not I, – I, I hate picking this against the Patriots. Because I don't want to be wrong, but for the love of God, it's 2019. I'm taking, I am literally going to fire off a, a, a bomb here. I am taking the Rams 38, no, because it's going to be the Super Bowl. It's going to be a ridiculous, some weird ass score. 30 
39-35 final score. Rams win. Patriots go chuck it up and forth on like it's gonna be like last year. Patriots chuck it up to try to get one more shot, and Gronk can't make the catch, and the Patriots lose. That's my prediction. All right, my prediction, real quick, just to wrap it up. I'm gonna do uh, Patriots 38, Rams 30. They're gonna be down 16. Get the ball back. Go score. Go for two to get it down to eight. And then they're not going to get the onside kick or stop the Patriots, and the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. All right. I respect that bet because yours is probably going to come true. <laughs> I just am so ballsy at this point. I'm feeling real good. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for all of NFL Nation. So, And also, dear New Orleans fans, I just want to see the Rams win so you guys burn. You guys oh burn gosh. hard. Either way, though, they're going to they're gonna be like, oh, wow, see if – if we were in there, we would have won. If they, if then the Rams oh win. Oh God. wow, see, we would have been the job that you could do. If the Ram, if the Saint, if the Rams end up winning, every Saints fan will lose their collective minds, and it'll make me so happy. So, because I might yeah. have to be, I might have to troll the. All. I'm gonna literally tag hashtag Saints whatever. But like, wow, imagine if you guys were in this, you would have won, and it, you could do it either way, either way. Yo, I would get everyone who works with us to retweet that just because that'd be amazing. Saints fans would be either the the, the Saints fans would take everything serious and be like, oh, I know. I feel exactly what you mean, bro. But yeah. You okay over there? Yeah, I am. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking about how great that would be. Oh. <laughs> I lost in the, in the I got lost in the glory lost. of watching New Orleans burn. You know what the worst part is? I love that city. I just hate their fans, man. They're the worst. They're they're almost as bad as Dallas at this. You know what the worst part is? I had no hate for them until they blew us out and then disrespected us. And then to make that worse, they then proved they were the biggest crybabies in sports. I mean, ima- but I gotta say though, imagine if like Dallas got screwed on something like that. But then again, it'd be like Des caught that whole Des caught it. If that happens, I think Jared Jones has the power to get that to replay or do something. <laughs> If that would happen to the Cowboys, I honestly think we might be watched we might have watched the replay of the Cowboys would be in the Super Bowl. No joke. Yeah, I I, I look at it like I, I just I am just like I'm cracking up. Like I just thought of that for a second, I'm like, oh my god, imagine if that happened to like imagine if like that was uh Amari Cooper on the sideline getting tanked by Roby Coleman. Oh my god. Everyone would lose their minds. But I'm gonna talk about my column this week. Uh, going forward, I I love how like I'm I'm talking about I'm gonna talk about it. So look out for it. it's probably gonna come out Saturday or Sunday right before the Super Bowl, or it might come out afterward. Just to see even add more uh, salt in the fire, I mean salt in the wound. But people keep forgetting. I mentioned this a thousand times. The Saints had not two but three shots to win that game and couldn't. That's not a champion. That's a chump. That's what I'm gonna leave it at. We want to thank Thrive for coming on today. Great show. Watch Super Bowl 6.30 Eastern Time on CBS. Go Rams. Uh, I got nothing else. Mark, you got anything? That's it. All right. Super Bowl. Great. See you guys on on Tuesday or Monday, whenever you listen.
This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your hosts on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.